The passage of time is one thing that we can never get back. Once it has been spent, there's no refund. Time is the ultimate currency, forever passing without the ability to return to a prior moment. Ever passing, ever spent, ultimately and unequivocally finite. The best in Bitcoin made audible. I am Guy Swan and this is Bitcoin Audible. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the show. This is Bitcoin Audible. Sorry for the uh, big delay here. I am in still locked up here in my studio guest room uh, with the COVID, and uh, it's been it's been interesting. I had some uh, had some pretty serious fever the first day or two, and uh, still got a little bit of running one right now, about a hundred or something, and. I apologize to everybody. I had to cancel some meetings and stuff. I've been mostly useless. I've been up and down, like trying to get some work done. I did actually finish up the seventh property. So, um, I mean, still a lot of corrections and little tweaks and stuff to do to actually like really finalize it. But we're done. We're through the first round of the audio. So now it's just kind of going back and cleaning stuff up. So I'm really excited about that. And I haven't really lost my voice. Like you might, I might sound like a little bit congested because I am. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, overall, not so bad. Just been kind of face and head hurts a lot. My back hurts and had a fever. So, you know, you got to deal with it. It's, it's rough. I think I picked it up at Tavcomp. Uh, hopefully, uh, if anybody else is feeling sick, I didn't give it to you. Um, I had a great time in Atlanta though. <laughs> but today we have a really great piece. It's a pretty short piece too, but, um, I saw it on Bitcoin magazine and I just, as soon as, my mind was just racing as soon as I started reading this piece, um, because uh, he actually starts it off with the root of all evil, and uh, it's by Mike Hobart, and it's about how Bitcoin changes our perception of money, and kind of starting with the prevailing idea of money is the root of all evil, and what, what that actually means when you actually dig into what the hell money is. This has just always been a really fun concept of mine and uh honestly it was atlas shrugged um and i talk about this in the guys take uh but atlas shrugged was really what brought me to that like like, like open my eyes to actually think about what the hell money is um and bitcoin just takes that to an entirely new level because you truly have to ask particularly when it's a digital a completely digital thing when it's just a ledger you have to ask how how could someone invent money um, and, and suddenly it's this very, you, you just, you have to reimagine, you have to re-grasp what, like the, the, the Overton window of money, what it is, why it is, is just necessarily demolished by the existence of Bitcoin when we're talking about the mainstream. Uh, Mike Hobart does a great job in this short little run here. Um, just kind of laying out some concepts and then I, I kind of get into a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of nonsense afterward. Uh, but uh, uh, real quick, I just want to thank our amazing sponsors. Uh, don't forget to get your Bitcoin 2022 tickets, by the way. Um, that is coming up in April. Um, and the price goes up like every two months or some something like that. So go ahead and get it now. 10% off with Guy Swan. Um, and of course, you got to be stacking all the time. SwanBitcoin.com is the easiest way to do that. Um, and if you go SwanBitcoin.com slash Guy, that's my reference link. Then my favorite way to stack 
um, outside of my automatic savings is Fold. Fold rewards card I've been spinning for bills and uh, Christmas shopping is now starting. Uh, and man, it's great to have that debit card. Um, uh, use Bitcoin Audible or just go to guyswan.com slash fold. It'll take you right there and show you the discount code for 20% off the Fold card. And then you keep all that shit safe with the BitBox. And it's also a great Christmas present. I'm already buying it for somebody for Christmas. Oh shit. I hope they don't listen to this show. Um, but <laughs> get 5% off your BitBox uh, with code guy just just gui real simple all right with that let's go ahead and just jump in today's piece and it is titled how bitcoin changes our perception of money by mike hobart the way we traditionally perceive money is at its root misguided as money is what allows humans to experience value the root of all evil. For my entire life, to the best of my memory, I can recall one persistent narrative. For the love of money is the root of all evil, therefore selfishness must be the seed. M.D. Birmingham, which is a take on the quote from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. In the most recent decade of my time among the living, I have learned how this belief is wildly misguided. Allow me to defend my reasonings why. The Ultimate Currency In the grand scheme of things, money has played a massively important role in the development and progress of history. From the use of seashells as a money, to the gold coins of Rome, or the first fiat currency, the Jiaozi of the Song Dynasty in China, to the U.S. dollar today, money has played a pivotal role for humanity. What money has done, what made it so revolutionary, was that it allowed our species to give physical form to our time and our energy. Please take the time to consider that thought. Time. The passage of time is one thing that we can never get back. Once it has been spent, there's no refund. Time is the ultimate currency, forever passing without the ability to return to a prior moment, ever passing, ever spent, ultimately and unequivocally finite. Whether you go to work every day or you have a hobby that allows you to make a profit from your efforts, you are monetizing your time and your effort that was invested into that job or hobby. That's precisely what a wage or salary represents the opportunity cost for your time. Every hour that you sacrifice to a job, you make a decision that the time you sacrifice is worth the monetary exchange you earn in return. Let me make this clear. A wage is a trade where you determine that your time is worth the amount you are being compensated for. Whether that amount seems low or high, that's something you have to tackle as an individual. But typically, individuals earn what their time is worth in accordance with multiple factors, skill and capability, specific knowledge, expertise, network connections, wisdom, and so on. All of those qualifications represent an amount of time that was invested by the individual. Time, again, is the actual currency. 
By giving our time an exchangeable vehicle in the form of money or purchasing power, we made it possible for our species to exchange our own time for the time of another's. Where you may spend hours of your day to produce a tool to be used, let's say an axe, you may then sell this axe to another for money, where you then go and use that money to purchase bread, which would have required effort on your part to produce yourself, not to mention the time and energy required to spend learning, failing, and refining the process to produce said good. Love for money. So, I propose a philosophical, maybe even spiritual question. If money is the root of all evil, but money is simply a representation of our time, what does that make of us and our use of time? Money is not the root of all evil. Money is a tool just like the axe. A tool is purely neutral. It has no philosophical or moral allegiance. Therefore, if money is neutral, then the root of evil has to lie elsewhere, not within the vehicle with which we give our desires physical realization. Appreciating money is to appreciate time, or rather the appreciation of efficient time expenditure. Saving money is to park your expended time for a larger purchase at a later date, or to allocate funds in case of an unforeseeable expenditure or emergency, whereas investing money is to sacrifice immediate gratification of a purchase and to risk providing funds to another individual or group, allowing them to use your money, ergo time, to act out their plans or business in exchange for a greater return on your initial investment in the future. Money is not evil. Money is time. What matters is how we choose to spend it. Trust. Whether you choose to spend your time, save it, or invest it, one variable is necessary. Trust. You have to trust that your time is in good hands. Ergo, the money that you choose to measure your time in must be free from risk of debasement, seizure, censorship, or fraudulence. Otherwise, a large portion of your precious time must be sacrificed to protecting your funds, your precious accumulated time. Those that rather not spend that time spend the funds to compensate another for strategies and vehicles that protect their purchasing power from the forces of inflation and or debasement. Enter Bitcoin stage left. A force of human ingenuity, Bitcoin protects holders' time by providing a vehicle that is censorship-resistant, unseizable, easily transportable, liquid, and traded globally 24 hours a day, 7 days per week, 365 days per year. No breaks, no CEO, maintained by the people. Maintained by a flotilla of free agent developers that work night and day, sacrificing their precious time to ensure the open source network continues to provide services that so many across the globe have come to trust and compensated by the community. Donations made by individuals, organizations, and corporations that consider themselves members of the Bitcoin Legion. It is of my opinion that if you truly value your time, then you must measure your time in a money worthy of trust.
Bitcoin is the most logical vehicle to protect time value. I trust Bitcoin. All right, that closes out Mike Hobart's piece, How Bitcoin Changes Our Perception of Money. Um, let's take a quick break and let's talk about the most epic Bitcoin conference in the world here. Bitcoin 2022 is literally right around the corner and you know it's november right now and that basically means that it's christmas and if it's christmas and it's essentially new year's and as soon as we get through new year's it's march because all that time in between just vanishes and that genuinely means that the conference which is the beginning of april is like two weeks away luckily you can get your tickets today and get 10 percent off using my code GUYSWAN, G-U-Y-S-W-A-N-N, or just go to my website, guyswan.com slash 2022. It'll take you straight to the website, and they have a super awesome volcano animation thing that's shooting smoke and Bitcoin into the air on the website. It's pretty cool. You should check it out. But, <laughs> but when you get your tickets, don't forget that discount. GUYSWAN, that is 10% off. Do it now. All right. So, I want to talk about this piece because uh, uh, this one is a, actually a topic I haven't hit on in a while, but I've read um, the money speech from, what is it, Francisco Danconia in Atlas Shrugged, and that was, that part in that book, um, I read Atlas Shrugged shortly after college, and it's really shocking. I know some people like say it's like really long and you know it's hard to get into, but I I personally I just absolutely love that book and it is shocking what a just kind of a playbook for what we're going through now. I mean just the degradation of society. Like we're watching this stuff fall apart before our eyes and it's happening insanely. Like just so bizarrely just like uh, it happened in the Soviet Union, just like the story that uh, Ayn Rand told about her experiences in seeing this societal collapse happen. Science became meaningless. It all became just a response to the political mechanism. Everybody lost their independence. Like they just, all they were worried about is, am I allowed to do this? Who, how can I push my accountability off to the next person up the ladder? because I'm just going to be the scapegoat, like I'm just going to be punished. And the consequences of that continuing to fester and uh, multiply like, like piece by piece for decades and decades until it's a, it's a totally, it's a hierarchical system in the purest sense. No one wants to take responsibility. No one wants to innovate. Everyone is just playing their role, spinning on their hamster wheel, and doing what they are told, and the consequences of that, and how things just break down because people don't take charge. The sense of independence is just gone. And I think the manipulation of our money is such a profound demonstration of how that can get so screwed up so quickly. But we're talking about manipulating the value and cost of time. If our ability to allocate time is stolen from us, our ability to even understand what the value of it is, how on earth are we supposed to be able to take, uh, be able to make and cooperate 
for economic value creation. We have no way to price it. It's not as if that shit just comes out of nowhere. It requires deep incentives, structural incentives, and the ability to communicate value efficiently, truthfully. And that is totally lost. Because if we cannot value and communicate our time to each other, then there's zero way that we can know we are allocating that time toward the best use. But Mike starts this off, back to the Francisco Danconia speech, which uh, is, uh, I, think, I think it's just like listed as the money speech, if I'm not mistaken, uh, earlier on in this show. It's probably ages old. It's probably in like the, before even episode 100, maybe. I don't even know. If I can dig it up, I'll, uh, I'll see what I could do. But um, he, he talks about, he actually opens it with the root of all evil, that idea. And it's so funny because this was a profound shift in my understanding of money just after, like right at the end of college there for me. And I'm so, I've, I've latched onto that so hard that I forget that this is still, this is the, this is the norm um, because it seems so alien to me now, but it was absolutely my default, you know, of course. Money is the root of all evil, the love of money. But in that speech, he starts it off with asking, well, if money is the root of evil, what is the root of money? Why does money exist? Why does money have value? Money isn't a thing unto itself. I mean, it is, but without the value and production of the human mind, of the time and labor of humans willing to trade, money is meaningless. What is the root of money? There's no value or worth in money unless there are goods to trade and men and women who can produce that value and those goods and trade for you with them. The root of money is value, and the root of value is time. It is the time and knowledge of the people willing to bring value into being. So if people want to deal with each other voluntarily, if they want to trade with each other, if they want to exchange their time, their value, and their expertise with someone else, specifically with, for a thing that they did not create, or for someone else's time that does not belong to them, Money is the tool that demands we trade value for value. It is a tool that forces honesty and voluntary trade. It is the only thing that can remotely claim to be, even in a little bit of a sense, fair. And I know I'm diverting here a little bit from the actual article, but this, I read this and I immediately, I heard the money speech again um, from Atlas Shrugged in my head, and so I couldn't. I couldn't help but go back to it. Um, and, uh, and, he, and he talks about, though, that money is the tool of the producers, of the value creators. And the only reason money has value is because of the, the ingenuity, the human mind, and the, the time put in to create value in the world that makes money worth something, makes money able to trade and establish cooperation between mutual producers, people who bring things into the world. But he says, quote, money is not the tool of the moochers who claim your product by tears or of the looters who take it from you by force. Money is made possible 
only by the men who produce. Is this what you consider evil? There's something very, very critical in this simple truth is that neither the looters nor the moochers axiomatically can give any value whatsoever to money. All they can do is destroy it or obscure it. They are not participating in the growth and production of value and society. I want to read another section here that um, is one of my favorites out of the, out of the whole thing. It says, To trade by means of money is the code of the men of goodwill. Money rests on the axiom that every man is the owner of his mind and his effort. Money allows no power to prescribe the value of your effort except the voluntary choice of the man who is willing to trade you his effort in return. Before I continue, I'm going to kind of break that down for a second. Money allows no power to prescribe the value of your effort except the voluntary choice of the man who's willing to trade you his effort in return. You do not get to determine the price of your effort only through the voluntary exchange of someone else's effort does that price get set. You can set it at whatever you want, but if you choose to cooperate, if you choose to engage through money, through trade, then there is nothing that says that other person must pay the price you ask. They can simply walk away. Only through politics can they demand or take more than the other person is willing to pay. Only when your customer is the government that has no skin in the game and no value creation and has only stolen it from somebody else. Only through a subsidy or a price control or a price manipulation. Only then can you, can you get that, that power over others by demanding the price you want even though no one would voluntarily give it to you. It is rejecting the role of money the role of value, and the very idea that anyone else owns their mind and their effort because you are so selfish as to demand that they value you without their input based solely on what you think about it. Or not you specifically, just insert bad guy here. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, this, this, was such a, this was such a cool idea. This is such a fascinating idea to me. Um, and uh, actually, shit, let's go back and finish this whole piece here. Um, where was I? Yeah, willing to trade you in his effort with a turn. Money permits you to obtain for your goods and your labor that which they are worth to the men who buy them, but no more. Money permits no deals except those to mutual benefit by the unforced judgment of the traders. Money demands of you the recognition that men must work for their own benefit, not for their own injury, for their gain, not their loss. The recognition that they are not beasts of burden born to carry the weight of your misery, that you must offer them values, not wounds, that the common bond among men is not the exchange of suffering, but the exchange of goods. Money demands that you sell not your weakness to men's stupidity, but your talent to their reason. It demands that you buy not the shoddiest they offer, but the best that your money can find. And when men live by trade, 
with reason, not force, as their final arbiter. It is the best product that wins, the best performance, the man of best judgment and highest ability, and the degree of a man's productiveness is the degree of his reward. This is the code of existence whose tool and symbol is money. Is this what you consider evil? And there's like just six pages of that straight fire the whole time. Um, but uh, that, that is immediately, as soon as I was, uh, I, I hope and may, maybe have even assumed that um, Mike has read that or knows about it. Um, but if he hasn't, he definitely needs to dig into it because this is so spot on with kind of the concept that he's laying out here in this piece. Um, and as soon as, as soon as I started into this, the first, the first like headline in it was the root of all evil. And I was like, oh shit, this is going to be good. <laughs> but really when you get down to the core of this and you talk about, you understand that value in time is, and human time is really the source of money. It is, it is, it is the root of money. You realize money is just a tool. Money is a communication medium. It is... And, you know, he says in this, just money is a tool just like an axe. It is purely neutral. And the person who hates money or tells you that money is evil is often the person who hates themselves for not having value to contribute or often hates humanity in general. And, you know, some people think that's crazy, but that like the mainstream is an anti-human ideology today. Like, like humans are a disease to the mainstream. Like, there's this seriously deep self-hate in society today. And it's, it's frightening because, it, I mean, because it, it's prevalent. And it's awful. We're just the cause of all the problems in the world. There's nothing good has happened from humanity. And obviously the world is going to end in about nine years or ten years for whatever reason. We're just going to set the whole thing on fire. And it's just like there's this weird obsession this, this horrible, like inhuman desire for everything to be terrible, for everything to be unfixable, because that's what makes sense when you hate humanity, and that can be the only result of everything that we have done, is utter destruction and destitution. And there are two other quotes from the uh, really short ones uh, that, uh, from Francisco's speech that just so deeply stuck with me and I just could never, I've never been able to get them out of my head. They just ring so true. Um, is uh, One of them is, let me give you a tip on a clue to men's characters. The man who damns money has obtained it dishonorably. The man who respects it has earned it. And today when money is as horribly corrupt and so deeply attached to the political money spigot, to the ability to manipulate, to lobby, to get subsidies, to get government contracts. When everything is so deeply tied to that and you realize that how little meaning there is in what you're doing because you're chasing political usefulness rather than something real, it creates this hopelessness, this meaningless, meaninglessness about everything that we do. And that's because it completely eliminates our ability to realize the value of time through money. Our money has, it, it's just been completely devoid. It's just become a mechanism of politics, control, and theft. 
and where it isn't completely consumed by those three things, it's still just debt. And yet Bitcoin fundamentally changes this. Even at its most basic level, there is no credit in the Bitcoin system. It is real value. It is a positive asset, a monetary good. And without being subject to politics, without listening to the screams of the moochers, without even recognizing the existence or the signatures of the looters, Bitcoin establishes a structure of pure, perfectly transparent monetary rules that bend to no one. It is the re-establishment of the self-ownership of a person's mind and their capacity to create value. And that alone has the power to change everything. It is so poorly understood how much our money affects our culture, our ideology, our dependence, our sense of responsibility and accountability. I mean, what is more fundam fundamental than the value of our time? What could possibly be more fundamental about society, about meaning, about why you are here, about what to do, what to care about, what to love? How could corrupting that not affect everything? And the very possibility that we could actually fix this is almost seems impossible. It just seems out of this world that we could have stumbled upon something or that Satoshi created and the cypherpunks nurtured something so incredibly profound at the most fundamental levels of what it means to create a society and, and how we even define who we are and what is meaningful and what is valuable in our lives. You know, just like uh, Roy Scheinfeld said in the uh, piece we did the other day on lightning, highly recommended, by the way, if you haven't listened to it, um, let's not be coy. We are revolutionaries. <laughs> um, okay, okay, I'm tired. Had my run. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much to our amazing sponsors. Uh, don't forget uh, to get your uh, tickets to Bitcoin 2022. Like I said, it's basically a week away. I mean, it's in April, but, you know, close enough. And uh, Swan Bitcoin stack uh, all the time. A fold card to get your Bitcoin rewards on everything. And the BitBox to keep all that shit safe. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. I am Guy Swan. This is Bitcoin Audible. We have got a lot on the way. Gladstein piece coming very soon, and it's fire. Until next time, everybody, take it easy. This has been Bitcoin Audible, a 111 production. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.